Hey guys, welcome to Behind the Brave. I am your host, Heidi Brower. In today's episode, I'm going to share with you my story, or as I like to call it, our story. I just can't publish another episode until I tell you about the time in my life that was the hardest, most excruciating, painful time. But it was then that I grew and learned that if I could do that, I could do anything. And that is where I found my bravery. I grew up as the oldest of six. We lived in a small town in central Washington most of our lives. We were brought up to know right from wrong, and our parents instilled the idea of trust and honesty. It seemed as though things were pretty black and white until I started hanging out in the gray area and didn't know what to do. As a teen, you could say I was pretty boy crazy. I always liked boys, and I, I couldn't wait until the magic age of 16 where I could start dating. And to me, that meant having a boyfriend. I knew that my parents didn't want me to, and they wanted me to date lots of boys, meaning hanging out and going out on lots of group dates. But I just so badly wanted that relationship that I saw in the movies and on TV. Didn't every teenage girl? Sometime during my junior year of high school, I started hanging out with a few people, and that included this one guy who I thought was super cute, mysterious, and he was just different. I was super attracted to him, and when I fall, I fall fast. It became very apparent that we started to like each other, and we began hanging out more and somehow started going out. I don't, I don't remember that part. <laughs> this relationship was nothing like I had ever had before. He was quiet, and I almost felt it a challenge to get his emotions out of him. When he finally started opening up about his life, I was mesmerized. He had loss and heartache, and I wanted to swoop in and be his hero. These emotional connections that we formed started to turn into a, a pretty dangerous territory. Now, it's a natural human thing to want to be physically connected when you are emotionally connected. So fast forward to our senior year of high school, where things did start to get a little more physical. We talked and dreamt about our lives together and what it would look like. We knew that we had college to get through and that I would be leaving to BYU-Idaho and he would be staying local, but we thought that maybe it could work out or not. This is where I have to be honest. I was looking forward to the breakup because I was, um, let's just say our relationship was quite dramatic and all over the place. It was emotionally draining, trying to figure out what I really wanted and what he wanted, and then what I knew what was right for me and what was right for the future of my life. It was just so exhausting. I didn't know what was really best for me and what was best for him. We were two very different people with two very different belief systems. As I prepared to leave that summer for college, I knew that something was just not right. I felt sick and tired, and I just felt off. And I think it was then that I knew that my life was never going to be the same. I feared crushing my parents, disappointing my siblings, having my small town be so disgusted with the fact that I allowed myself to get pregnant. But I just did what I kind of did with everything that had to do with confrontation. I swept it under the rug and hoped and prayed that it would go away. As an 18-year-old girl who desperately wanted to start her life over, I just wanted it to go away. And I pretended that it did. Because I left for college like any other freshman that September. I attended orientation, freshman activities, 
dances. I got to know my new roommates and all while never telling a soul that I was pregnant. It was awful to carry that burden alone. I never took a pregnancy test and I never went to the doctor. That's because I was scared to death. I pretty much knew how to take care of myself after watching my mom be pregnant most of my life. I knew that I couldn't take certain medicines and I knew that I needed to drink a lot of water. So October 2001 rolled around and I had gone home for a weekend to visit. It was then that I finally told my boyfriend that I was pregnant. He just sat there in unbelief and started talking about how this was going to ruin our lives and how I needed to take care of it. Sometimes people say very hurtful things when they are angry and scared. And after he calmed down and we talked a bit, it seemed to get better. We agreed that we would still keep that secret. And I went back to school and he continued to live his life as if nothing had happened. I still had no idea what I would do. And I still felt very much alone. Fast forward to Christmas time. I had grown a bit more, but really tried playing it off as gaining that freshman 15. For those of you who don't know me, I am 5'10", and now after having four other babies, I can confirm that my body has a lot of room vertically to grow those babies without looking really big. So that is how I hit it so well. Being home for Christmas was awful. It was the worst Christmas ever. I hated being around my family because I knew that I was about to completely disappoint them. I hated getting gifts because I knew that I didn't deserve them. I hated hugging or letting anyone near me because I was afraid that they would touch me and know that I was pregnant. It was torture. I wanted so badly to tell my parents. I wanted so badly to lift the burden of secret from me, but I just couldn't bear to see their heartache. So like I did before, I just swept it under the rug, pretended it would go away, and I went back to school. I knew eventually that I needed to be honest and tell what was going on, and it needed to be done sooner than later, because I had no idea what my due date was. I was attending BYU-Idaho, a private church school of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We are held to a very high standard there, and I knew that I wouldn't be able to continue my schooling there while unwed, pregnant, and not having the support of my family to help me. So I knew that I needed to tell someone and that I needed to go home and finally face my fears. I had to be brave. So on January 15th, the day before my 19th birthday, I walked into my bishop's office and with tears in my eyes, told him that I was pregnant. He asked how far along I was, and I told him that I had no idea. He told me that we would call my parents, but we would do that the day after my birthday. Let's just say that that was the worst birthday of my life. The next day, I walked into his office where he had a social worker to talk to me about my options as a single mom or adoption. Adoption? I had only seen horror stories about adoption in movies. You know, the one where the woman gives birth and then they rush the baby out of the room, only to never be seen by the birth mother again. I just didn't know if I could do that. I didn't know if it was something that I wanted to do. After the social worker talked with me, she explained that everything would be my choice. I could choose the parents. I could choose if I wanted to be in the hospital with her. I could choose if I wanted to see her. Everything would be my choice. And after that, I thought about it. I still didn't have an ultimate decision, but I thought that that might be a good option for us. So there I was, waiting for the moment that I was going to crush my parents. It was awful. I called my mom, asked her if she could go to a room where she could be alone. I then told her I had messed up. 
and almost immediately she asked me if I was pregnant. I told her yes, and I literally heard my mom's heart break on the phone. Shortly after, I asked her to tell my dad. We cried, and she accidentally hung up, but then she called me back after regaining her composure and told me that she would call me later after she talked to my dad. I was so scared. I was so afraid of what my dad would say. You see, my mom was always the one who advocated for me to hang out with my friends or my boyfriend, so I kind of thought that she would take it a lot better than my dad did, because my dad always wanted me home. We fought a lot while I was a teen, so I thought that he would be so angry at me. I thought that he wouldn't want to have anything to do with me. A couple hours after that excruciating phone call, I was packing up things in my room to go home, and I was having a pretty severe anxiety attack waiting for my dad to call me. I had a roommate come into the room and tell me that my dad was on the phone, and I picked up the phone, and my dad told me very calmly, Heidi, we are disappointed. We are upset. We are angry. We are sad. We are pretty much all of the things that you can feel right now as a parent. But I will tell you the feeling that we have above all is that we love you. And we are going to help you get through this. I just cried. It was nothing like I thought it would be. My dad showed unconditional love for me. And that's exactly what I needed at that time. That weekend, they came to pick me up and take me home. Seeing my parents' face was really hard. They hugged me and told me that they loved me and that whatever I decided, they would back me up. It was actually really refreshing to get that weight lifted off of me. A couple days after I was home, I went to the doctor for the first time. I remember I didn't know how far along I was because I had never taken a pregnancy test and I didn't really track anything. So we went to my doctor and he planned for me to have an ultrasound done the next day. I asked my mom if she would be there and I also wanted to make sure that my boyfriend was there with us too. It was important that he showed his support during this time and he did. So we went to my ultrasound and after looking things over, my doctor said, you are 36 weeks along. Those of you who have been pregnant, I can laugh about this now, okay? But those of you who have been pregnant before know that 36 weeks means that you are pretty much full term. I had no idea what that meant. And I asked my doctor, well, what does that mean? And he looked at me and said, that means you could deliver this baby any day now. I was shocked. Ready or not, this thing was happening. We had some really good support from friends there who had gone through the same thing about four years before us. They were able to talk to us, to help my parents, to help me figure out if I wanted to be a single mom or if I wanted to get married or if I wanted to place this baby for adoption. I knew that marriage probably wasn't the best option because our relationship was already so dramatic that I really didn't want to bring a baby into that kind of situation. I just didn't know if I could be a single parent, but I also didn't know if I could actually give my baby to somebody else to raise. There was one time when I was visiting these friends and they showed me 
a video of a girl who had placed her baby for adoption and what that meant for her, what that meant for her baby, and what that meant for the parents who were able to raise that baby. During this time, I had done a lot of prayer and asking my Heavenly Father what he wanted me to do. And after watching that video, it became very clear to me that I was to place my baby for adoption. I knew that it was the best option for her, and it was probably going to be the best option for me and my future. But mostly, it was because it was going to be the best for her. I was able to talk to a local social worker who was able to talk to me about the whole process of adoption and choosing parents and kind of making those really hard decisions. And I was able to view some files of couples who so desperately wanted a baby. Let me tell you, this is such a weird process. You read letters from couples who can't have their own baby and so desperately want yours. And it's almost like they are selling themselves. And I'll be honest, some of the files I got didn't feel genuine. It just felt like they were trying to sell themselves to me. And then I read files of couples who my heart broke for them and their heartache and loss that they have had in their life. But I just didn't feel like I had found the parents of my baby. Now, my boyfriend was involved with this. He was able to read over profiles and we talked about it and nothing just really sat right with us. I felt really trapped there in my small town and I was afraid for people to find out that I was pregnant. I really didn't need the advice from a million different people at that time and I really just wanted to get away. This family that we were friends with uh, that had gone through the same thing before knew of a program in Utah where I would work with a social worker there and I would get counseling, and I would also have a big group of girls who were also unwed and pregnant. Some of them them had chosen to place a baby for adoption, while others chose to single parent. And they said it was an amazing opportunity to get support from people who were going through the same exact thing. So we called up the social worker there and figured out what I needed to do to be able to get there. She told me of a couple who had always said that they would be willing to help an unwed mother who was going through the whole adoption process. And if she needed a place to stay, that they could have her stay with them. So it all happened really fast. I feel like it was that next weekend. I went to Utah, met my caseworker, Monica, who is an amazing counselor and helped me through so much. And then I met two people who I feel like I had known forever. And that was Charmin Susan Smith. When Charm and Susan met me, they wrapped their arms around me and welcomed me into their home as if I was one of their own. They had two adopted boys, and so it was really neat to be able to see that side of the story. We got me all set up there. My parents were there helping me get settled, and I just felt like it was right and that I needed to be there to get support from other girls who were going through the same thing. I got my doctor's appointment set up there, And we realized that my due date was probably around February 21st. So that gave us a good three weeks still to get settled and to get things ready before the baby came. Plus, I still hadn't chosen a family yet for her to go to. In my first meeting with my caseworker, she gave me a file of a couple who desperately wanted a baby. I had a couple requirements for the couple that I was going to choose. 
I wanted her to be their first baby and I wanted them to be active, meaning active in sports or dance or some sort of outdoor activity. That was really important to me. When I read their file, I felt really good about them. It was done in such a different way than all of the other files that I had read, and it really just stuck with me. So I held onto their file while I was continuing to look at others, but I just kept coming back to these guys. After a couple days of getting me settled, my parents left, and I just became a member of the Smith family. It was incredible. One week later, I had a doctor's appointment, and my doctor checked me and said, you are at a one, and if I was a betting man, I would bet that you were not ready to go into labor. I think he probably jinxed me. Saturday, February 9th, I woke up in the middle of the night with contractions. There was no way that this baby was ready to come because I was still two weeks away from my due date. I didn't have a family picked. I didn't know what I was going to do, and I just wasn't ready. All that night, I had contractions probably about 15 to 20 minutes apart, and then all throughout Sunday, I kept having contractions. I told Susan, and we both just thought that it was Braxton Hicks. So all throughout the day, I was contracting. Didn't really tell my parents because I didn't want to worry them. I didn't want them to have to drive down to Utah again to be there with me if it wasn't a real thing. Later that evening, the contractions started getting closer together, and I was very scared that this was it. We called the hospital. They told me to walk around, to take a hot bath, and if none of that helped, that I would need to come into the hospital. After taking a bath and taking a walk about a quarter around the block, I realized I am in excruciating pain. The baby is coming. So I went to the hospital, and there they hooked me up to monitors and found out that she was probably a little bit under stress and that I might have to have a C-section. You guys, I was scared out of my mind. I hadn't had a couple picked out for this baby, and my family was not there or my boyfriend was not there to support me. But Susan was, and Susan stepped in and became like a second mom to me and helped me through the whole thing. After laying on my side for a little while, they came in and said that the baby was doing much better and that I would probably be okay with um, having a natural delivery. Now, when I say natural, I still mean that I had an epidural. Let's not be silly. At 3 a.m. on February 11th, I felt the urge to push. Again, I was so scared, but Susan was there to help me. 38 minutes later, I gave birth to the most beautiful, perfect, 6-pound, 15-ounce baby girl. I had never felt so much love for a human being as I had for her but I knew that my time was short. My parents were already on their way to come see me, and they had brought my brother and my two sisters. I didn't get much sleep that night. I wanted to make sure that she was with me at all times. I knew the next day I had some work to do. I had to choose her parents. I still didn't know where she was going. Her birth father, who I will now refer to as birth father instead of boyfriend, was also on his way to come see her and help me decide on where she would go. I kept holding on to this file, and I just felt good about them. But I was kind of upset that I wasn't getting an overwhelming feeling of that they were the right couple. I honestly really wanted God to like put a shining light around the file of the couple where my baby was supposed to go. 
but it just didn't work out like that. When my parents got there around noon, they came in and met the baby. And again, it was hard to see because I saw their love for her, but I also saw their heartbreak because they knew that she wasn't going to be with us much longer. I showed my parents the file of the couple that I was thinking of, and my parents felt really good about them too. I still was upset that I didn't know that this was the couple that she was supposed to go to. I was so scared about making a wrong decision because this was a big one. After the birth father got there, he also read through the file and felt good about them. So we just went for it. I told my caseworker that they were the couple that I wanted to choose. And she let their caseworker know. And later that day, they got handed a pink envelope to let them know that their baby had been born. This was out of the blue for them. Because you see, in normal circumstances where girls are knowing that they're going to place for adoption, they usually meet the adoptive couple months before. They build a relationship with them. They get excited with them. And then they usually know when their baby is going to be born. But with this couple, they found out in a matter of minutes that they were going to be parents. We arranged later for them to come to the hospital to meet me and the birth father and my parents that day. Now, remember when I said that I needed a sign or I needed something to tell me that these were the parents of my baby? I will tell you that the moment I walked into the room to meet them, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that they were the parents of my baby. They were both going to make an amazing mom and an amazing dad, and I couldn't have asked for anything more. They embraced me. They gave me gifts. They hugged us. They loved on us, and they just sat there with us for hours to get to know me, to get to know the birth father, and to get to know my family. It was an incredible few hours. I felt that my decision was absolutely the right thing to do. We talked about naming the baby, and they asked me if I had a name picked out. I told them that I didn't, that I gave her life, and I wanted them to be able to give her a name. It was then that they told me that they had chosen the name of Alexandria. I thought this was really cool because when I was in elementary school, I remember thinking about names for my future babies, and I really liked the name Alex. I thought it was a really cool girl name, so I obviously was on board with it. We arranged for the placement to be on February 13th, 2002. I was able to spend the rest of that day, all day February 12th, and the morning of February 13th with Alex. Those are precious hours and moments that I will never forget. My parents were there. My brother and sisters were there. Charmin Susan came to see us. And the birth father was there in support. He was there with us the whole time. I know I don't talk much about his story, but I know that he had a hard time with it, but he also knew that this is what was best for her. I remember in the middle of the night, the nurses kept coming in to ask if they could take Alex into the nursery so that I could sleep. And I just kindly told them, no, thank you. I want to spend every minute I have with her because it's going to be taken away all too soon. We took a lot of pictures and placed probably about a thousand kisses on her cheeks. It was excruciating to think about not being able to ever see her again. But I still knew in my heart that it was the right thing to do. And I promised myself that once I told the couple that they were getting her, that I would never go back on that. 
February 12th was a sleepless night. I knew that the next day would come and that I would be handing her over to her new parents. That morning, my parents showed up, my brother and sisters were there, and we were all there to spend time with her for the last few hours. We gave her a bath, put her in a really cute outfit, and got her ready to meet her new mom and dad. Probably around 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning, my caseworker told me that they were there, but that they said that I could have as much time as I needed. We all spent our time with her, holding her, loving her, and telling her how much we would miss her. I just didn't know how many more kisses I could place on her cheeks before they got raw. So I finally gathered up the courage to walk down the hall and to place her in the arms of her new mom. I was so afraid that when I got there that they would go up immediately and grab her and take her and really only be super concerned about her. But I was wrong. When I walked into the room, they both put placed their arms around me and just cried and gave so much thanks. And they were so concerned about me and my well-being. I handed Alex over to them and watched as their dreams just came true. It was a really bittersweet moment for me. After about a million tears and some pictures, we finally said our goodbyes. I had no idea when I was going to see her again. I walked out of the room and collapsed into my dad's arms. And he walked me back to an empty hospital room where I had to gather my things and leave empty-handed. Those next days and weeks and months were very painful. I cried a lot. I felt empty. Little things like seeing brand new babies in public triggered me. But I still knew in my heart that what I had done was the right thing. Alex was thriving in her home with her new parents. They had sent me pictures and letters, and I often was able to see how she was doing. I continued my healing through counseling, through group therapy, and through just being able to take time for myself to process through everything. I had incredible support from Charm and Susan, from my caseworker, from members of the church, and from my parents from afar. I knew that they loved me and that they wanted me to heal so that I could quickly return home to them. I was only in Utah until about May, and then I went back home to get ready to go back to school at BYU-Idaho. Alex is now almost 19 years old. They say time heals. Time does heal, but it sure isn't a fun process along the way. There are days where I still long for her, and there's a piece of my heart that is missing. But still to this day, I know without a shadow of a doubt that she was where she was supposed to be. Her parents are her parents. I have a great relationship with her mom. Her mom is an incredible human being who raised Alex to be the amazing young woman that she is today. I have been able to see her a few times over the past 19 years, and those times have been incredible. It's always amazing to see her. It's always painful to leave. But I know that we are building a foundation for a friendship. I love her more than I could ever describe. 
And I love her mom, Andrea. And I can't thank her enough for doing the one thing that I could not do for her. And that was to be her mom, the very best mom that Alex could ever have. I know a lot of people say, I don't know how you did it. I could never do that. I could never be that brave. But this is my story or our story because it involves so many more people other than just me. It involves Alex and her mom and dad and her grandparents and cousins and aunts and uncles and all of those people who love her. And it has affected all of the people on my side of the family too. After placing my baby for adoption, I felt like I could do and accomplish anything. It was the hardest, most excruciating thing I have ever gone through. And I still have moments of pain today. There is not a day that goes by that I don't think of her. But I know that what I did was best for her. And it was out of love. And I thank my Heavenly Father every day for bringing her into my life so that she could help me realize how strong I really am and how brave I can be if I choose to be. I think going through something like this not only helps you realize how brave you are, but it also helps you realize how much you are loved. There were so many people who loved me and supported me throughout this whole time. My parents showed unconditional love at a time where I felt that I least deserved it. Charm and Susan were there, like my second set of parents. They laughed with me, cried with me, and tried to help me feel as normal life as possible after placement. I had family members and friends reach out to me and show their support. It was a humbling, overwhelming experience to know that I was loved, even though at that time in my life, I didn't really love myself. You don't have to almost die in a hospital to have a story. You don't have to place your baby in the arms of another woman to raise, to have a story. You might have defining moments in your life where you feel that you couldn't do something, but you end up doing it. And then you realize how strong you really are. They don't have to be huge. They can be little. It can be everyday decisions that you make that help you realize that you really do have courage, that you really are brave. So again, let me ask you, do you have bravery? Do you have the courage to do something that is so hard, even though you think you can't do it? Or maybe you're just afraid to feel. Maybe you're afraid to feel the pain and the hurt and the anguish that's going to come along with it. Maybe you're afraid to fail. Maybe you're afraid to succeed. Maybe you're afraid of just starting because that means that you might just have to follow through. But you know what comes with that? Confidence and courage and bravery and knowing that you can do hard things. Because isn't that what being brave is all about? I can't wait to share more stories with you of others who have found their bravery. If you have a story to share, please find me on Instagram at behind.the.brave. I'd love to hear your story to let you know that you too can be brave. Let's find our bravery together. If you or anyone you know is pregnant with an unwanted baby, please contact your nearest adoption agency where they can help you find out your options. I am an advocate of adoption. There are thousands of couples out there who are desperately longing for a baby. I have seen firsthand how adoption blesses the lives of many.
If you have other questions or need support, feel free to contact me.